Brad and Glenda Pius. Thank you so much for sewing into Morning Drive Bible. Without your commitment and support, this initiative couldn't come to fruition. Good morning from Jerusalem. My name is David Nekrutman. And my name is Scott Kahn. And welcome to Morning Drive Bible. I am so psyched right now. I Good. Think because I, I drank like four cups of Aroma coffee. That's great. Yeah. So if I you know speak really fast, don't mind me. It's just the coffee. You're going to have to calm down a little bit. Our listeners might mind. You have to make sure you speak in a slow and measured tone, David. You know, take that trembling hand, that trembling voice, and pretend you didn't have coffee. Sober up. I can't do a New York Minute right now. Uh, you can try. I'm not sure it's a good idea for our listeners' sake. But look, I guess they'll tell us. They'll let us know. I will slow down. There we go. That's much better. Let's talk about Psalm 51. Last time we talked about how David used this psalm, presumably, was your suggestion, and it makes a lot of sense. He used this psalm as the prayer he prayed to God after he was chastised and rebuked by Natan, Nathan the prophet, after David's sin with Bathsheba. And this was his prayer. And by looking at Psalm 51, we can understand better David's repentance and perhaps why that repentance was accepted. But Scott, why was he forgiven? Well, the simple answer is because God is a forgiving God. And when a person confesses before God saying, I have sinned, which is exactly what David did when he was approached and reproached by Natan the prophet, he said, I have sinned, God forgives. So it makes sense that David was forgiven because He did the basic aspect of repentance, which is acknowledging the sin and then deciding not to do it again. Isn't there another character in the Bible that acknowledges their sin, but we don't see an automatic restoration process happening? King Saul, for example? Saul was commanded to destroy the Amalekites, this evil nation. We should think of them as essentially the equivalent in his day of Nazi Germany. These are the bad, worst people whose entire ideology is permeated with evil, denial of God, denial of the divine image in man. These are people who just exist to destroy Israel. He was commanded to destroy that nation. And while he did a partial job, he didn't finish the job. He didn't destroy the king, for example. He let him live. And he is rebuked by Samuel the prophet very strongly. And you're right. Saul does say, I sinned, and God does not forgive him, at least not completely the way he does with David. Perhaps on an individual level, God forgave him, but Saul was nonetheless punished by losing the kingship, which does not happen to David. And furthermore, Saul actually lost the Holy Spirit. He goes into depression mode. We see that Saul essentially loses that special connection with God that David never lost, that he requests not to lose. The question is, what's the difference then between Saul, who says, I sinned, and David, who says, I sinned, and only David was fully forgiven and does not lose the Holy Spirit, and Saul was. I want to suggest two answers, David, and I'm sure there are more. I have a feeling that you're going to give one answer now and leave the second answer as a cliffhanger in our next episode. Okay, so let me give the first answer now. Tell me what you think of this. David and Saul both say, I have sinned, but Saul says it after giving excuse after excuse after excuse. When he's approached by Samuel saying, why do I hear the animals here? And Saul says, well, I was going to bring them for sacrifices. And Samuel says, God doesn't want sacrifices. He wants you to listen to his voice. And he said, do not bring me the animals. Why do I see the king? Saul is giving all sorts of excuses. The people wanted it until finally he's cornered and says, I have sinned to God. This is almost the same scenario as Adam and Eve when they got caught. Right. Interesting. Where each one pushes off and says, it's his fault, it's his fault, it's her fault. 
Saul does the same sort of thing, and then it might be too late. He had a moment. David, when he's confronted by Natan the prophet, he says, I have sinned. No excuses. I was wrong. And that's that. That's my first suggestion as to why God was so quick to forgive David and not nearly as quick to forgive Saul, because David was quick to ask for forgiveness and to recognize what he did wrong, whereas Saul was not quick. And in fact, an important Jewish teaching, which might be reflected in these verses, is that God acts towards us somehow the way we act towards him. If we act towards God saying, we're going to be quick to repent, God will be quick to forgive. And if we act towards God not so quick to repent, perhaps God will not be as quick to forgive in that case as well. Well, the expectation shouldn't be there. At least. That's certainly true. Now, we know that God will always forgive. No one ever has no hope. No matter how deep into sin a person finds himself, he always may repent, and God has given us his promise that he will allow that person to return. However, in the case of Saul, while that's still true, there were consequences, and the consequence in this case was dire. He lost the kingship to David. I feel that there's going to be a title for this podcast, Nike, No Excuses. (laughs) I hear that. My name is David Nekrutman. My name is Scott Kahn. Blessings from Jerusalem.